Major League Hoop Season 1 presents the Starting Five. Let's go! Welcome to another episode of Major League Hoops. I am once again joined by Mr. Kyle Burris and Mr. Chris Wentworth. Uh, gentlemen, how are we today? Doing well. Doing well? Doing well? Chris? Yes, sorry. I'm doing quite well. I just finished a hero or gyro or are there any other pronunciations? It looks like a burrito from, from where I saw it. Well, I thought it's it was just a burrito the Greek, it's or the I Greek burrito. You know what I mean? I, 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 I suppose so. The the Greek burrito, yeah. I I mean I just I was looking at it, I'm like, is that a large spring roll? Is that a Well let me ask you this, actually. I do you prefer in terms of rolls, would you rather have a spring roll or an egg roll? I think I'd probably rather have an egg roll, but I was a big fan of the shrimp roll growing up. I don't know if anybody else had that on their menu. Kyle? Yeah, I I have. Um, I do think that I'm more partial to probably an egg roll as well, but I'd like, if we're talking other rolls, like the burrito or the gyro better. It's like, yeah, that's that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I'm more of a spring roll type guy just because I, I have a bad history with anything eggs. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I can respect the egg roll. Um, as we are, uh, I mean, are on. we really gonna? Are we really about to say that we're gonna like lump egg rolls and spring rolls in with burritos and and heroes, like just because they're all wrapped? Like, is that like well, a, a fair I mean, a fair sum summation? I, ew, I, I guess. I mean, I, I'm actually more. I'm actually more of a hero uh, guy, uh, especially. There's a wonderful Mediterranean place down the street that does this phenomenal uh, kind of like chicken hero type deal with the with the TZ sauce that I'm not I'm not going to try and pronounce. I know that you guys <laughs> probably... tzatziki. 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 Okay. Uh, I, I, somebody's going to kill me over that. Uh, Don't worry but about it. yeah, with the with the cucumbers and the tomatoes, it's. It's bomb.com and the and dill kind of... and the yogurt those are key oh my god components. And yeah. so here's here's my thing about the hero too is like those things stay cheap whereas i feel like burritos have just risen in price over the last couple of years now it's like oh you want a burrito with guac that's an extra 40 bucks you know like it, it's well I'm kind of more of a hero person i'll tell you the name of a hero that is only going to be going up in price along with inflation, and that is Tyler Hero. I knew you were going to fucking say that. <laughs> um, so yeah, sure. Let's uh, let's let's get into it. Um, and uh, we we each did our rankings again, and again the rankings kind of came out uh very uh, similar to last week. Um. But let's start right at the bottom. So we do have a six man, but of course, uh, Chris with his little slash stuff. But really, this isn't slash stuff. This was because I included this person and 
Chris and Kyle didn't. So coming in technically at number seven, uh, we have Noel's team, uh, who I had at uh, number six and who Chris had at number six and tied for slash number six. And then Kyle had at number seven. Um, I'll start off here. Uh, I think that uh, because let's let's get the elephant out of the room. You know, uh, bam, torn UCL. He's going to be out for a little bit. And that is not a big help to Noel's team, who did trade Beal uh, for Bam, Miles, Bridges. But I still like this team a lot. And I, I still like what this team has to offer and bring to the table, even with Bam out. I think having your top three, you're having relying on Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, and uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander or Miles Bridges. Both of them can really produce quite quite decently in fantasy and to accompany that with say a Jared Allen, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who's kind of hot and cold, but, and then banking off of uh, bam coming back the Dylan Brooks edition with, uh, with job being out. I still think this is a very, very dangerous team. Uh, it's been a little unlucky the last couple of weeks, but I, I, I expect, I still expect big things for, uh, for Noel in our league. Chris, do you, I, I assume you agree to uh, to some extent. Yeah, I, I still think that the talent's really deep, even with Bam being gone. Um, you know, like, I think that not trading Jarrett Allen was smart. I'm sure that he had a lot of people after him for, like, with offers for Jarrett Allen, only because, you know, like, a true center's kind of hard to come by these days. Um, so to not, like, after acquiring Bam, just kind of, like, flip it all out there like and trade away jared allen i think that that was smart because you kind of need two bigs i think to operate in this league and especially in these situations like when one of them goes down like you want to make sure that you have another one that was kind of a situation i had earlier in the year i was like all right i really only have nurkic like what happens if nurkic stinks or if he goes down i've got no backup plan then. um and not that you can't really supplant your rebounds and all that but i think nevertheless this is a long way of saying that even with the injury, he's still got a lot of talent. He's still got Kevin Durant. He's still got Chris Paul. He's I I think that Dinwiddie's doing pretty solidly. Um, I don't think that he's like broken out into like maybe what people's expectations are, but you know he could have a strong second half and then end up like kind of making up for a sort of average first half. But I still like I said I I still think that the talent's deep enough. I don't know whose team between his and Paul's is just going to end up on a better like standing. The only because Noel doesn't have as many teams to worry about to compete against and Paul I think like as well as much as I like the talent on his team maybe a little bit more it might be a tougher uh, path for him to make playoffs. Kyle. So I kind of had I think last week their teams at a bit of a slash as Chris has done to where it could have gone either way. I gave Noel the edge because I did really like the move that he made. Um, I do think, though, that Bama going down for a significant amount of time in the same week that Paul had an impressive win just kind of tilted the scale back to Paul. Um, in my personal opinion, I do think, too, that Bama going down at the same time that Paul got Jokic back is just kind of it's going to be a big boost for Paul's team. Um, he wasn't out too long but still missed about the equivalent of one matchup, I think a couple games last week and a couple to this start this week. And then I think too, just with the unknown surrounding Damian Lillard, that he's only out. I think they said they're going to reevaluate in like 10 days ish. Um, but then I saw another report today that it's been an ongoing injury since for a couple of years that he re-aggravated in Tokyo and he could be out longer. And there's talk of, 
possibly even needing surgery. And I think that the longer he's out, that CJ McCollum is just going to be the guy that has the ball in his hands. And I think that that is a big boost for him on Paul's team. He's already been having a great year, especially with Dame's shooting numbers being down, but just kind of more usage without him in the lineup at all. That's absolutely fair. Um, I, uh, I think what it comes, I think the, for me, kind of like how we were talking um, before about outlooks, uh, I think in the first couple of seasons, or first couple of seasons, first couple of episodes we did, um, we each kind of brought a different perspective into it. I brought like this weird math thing that I did. Kyle, you did your own thing. And then Chris had his own way of looking at it. Um, this week, I kind of took a little bit more of a look in terms of how the rest of the season stacks up for each team. And I do like that Noel finishes his year. Like this is kind of a tough stretch for him, uh, but he is going to close out the season versus Ian and Justin who have not been that strong. Obviously Pete's in there, but if he can kind of, you know, break 500 over this little five matchup stretch, come out of, come out of December, still either just under 500 or just over it or at it, then I think he'd be, he should be in pretty good shape to uh, make a run and withstand uh, Bam being, Bam being down with hopefully him getting back and then Kawhi, if he can make it that far, but enough about Noel's team. Let's talk about the next team on here. And the next team on here is Reese who I didn't even have in my starting five. Uh, I know both of you had in your starting five, not the six man. I think my rationale behind this is mainly the fact that I don't like where Reese's team is trending uh, as opposed to looking at it right now. Obviously, he had that tie with Ian's team. I, I just I'm not comfortable having the starters, the starters on this team really be relying on LaMelo Ball has put this team on his back. He really has. He has put all of Reese's team on his back and really carried this team the last couple of uh, last couple of matchups. Anthony Edwards being day to day, like there are promises here, but even like you're looking at guys like Bobby Portis, who is clearly not producing the same way that he was for the first couple of games. He is not going to be that he's not going to finish. I don't think top 10 at power forward or center. Um, He's 15 right now. I wouldn't, I'd say might finish around there. And then you look and you're looking at Rashawn Holmes, who's also had a little bit uh, as as impactful Bradley Beal, who's made some big strides as well. But that that depth that was there uh, and the hurt, uh, the loss of uh, Michael Porter Jr., who was his first round pick. I just don't I don't feel comfortable in kind of living and dying by LaMelo, uh, so to speak. So. That was just my rationale of having him outside of the top uh, starting five. Uh, Kyle, why did you have him in the starting five? I think that it's kind of been his team was fairly high up to start the year in my rankings, and it's been a bit of a decline. Uh, I think that I had him at five last week, and I think that he hasn't from last week to this week. Last week, I did like the move that he made in acquiring Bradley Beal, um, and I think that coming into this week, he hasn't really done anything to drop out of that. he had a tie with Ian, so he hasn't really done anything to necessarily leap ahead either. I think that whenever he gets an uh, OG and an OB back, it's going to help. I think that kind of with Jaw being out for a bit too, guys like Desmond Bain can step in and kind of put up some good numbers. I know that Brooke Lopez just recently had back surgery, so even though Portis isn't producing, he's not uh, like a 
top five, 10 at his position. He's not necessarily going to have any drop in his numbers. Um, so I think that he's just got a, a lot of guys that are kind of solidified in their role or have the opportunity for it to increase. And as he gets guys off his IR improve. Chris. Yeah, no, um, I actually, I don't think I had Reese ranked last week. So this is actually an uptick for me. Um, I think it's mainly just because like, as, as much as you might want to question the secondary pieces there, like even if they dropped off and, and like didn't perform as well as they're performing today, I think that they're still pretty good. I'm, I'm really lamenting dropping Bobby Portis. Um, I had a bunch of injuries that week, but like, except for um, Jaron Jackson Jr. And um, Giannis, he's the best power forward over the last 15 days. He's number three uh, out of literally the entire NBA. So, you know, I'm not trying to say that he's going to keep that up. I don't think that he will either. But, like, you know, to say that, you know, he's not going to end up any better than 15th when he started off the year hurt and he had to, like, literally, like, do all of this stat accruing in a quicker amount of time to get up to 15. So, I mean, you know, he's just one of the, the secondary pieces there. Like, you know, I think Tyler Hero is a great piece, obviously. I think that um, – what's it called? Um, Rashawn Holmes, another another solid piece. Um but yeah, I think that for Reese to really take the next step, it's gonna have to be guys that are not just like, oh, maybe they'll they'll like be pretty good this year. You know what I mean? He's got to have a few more players that I think that we can all really believe in in order for me to like rank him higher. Like, you know, Brad Beal is like the star out there with Lamelo Ball being like kind of what's been anchoring his whole team. But other than that, it's it's a lot of question marks, and so it's. Uh, the time will really tell, I think, with him. It's just going to be like, you know, these guys either pad the stats enough for him to win week in and week out and then have a really good standing at the end of the year, or they're just, you know, we're going to find out that Brad Beal, Anthony Edwards, and uh, Lamella Ball aren't enough. Yeah, I mean, I think that the other thing, too, with Reese uh, in comparison to, and I guess you could argue the same with Noel to a degree, but Reese has, uh, Reese's victories have been over avery jimmy and noel and the you know he's only had technically speaking one loss and that was to get to steve but at the same time look at who he's versing he's got pete this uh he's got pete this week you know that's a pretty close matchup so far so if if he were to either win that or tie i think he'd easily i think he'd go back into my starting five uh but then he has my own team which i think is on the upswing Paul, Kyle, yourself. Uh, then he has Justin and Avery and Jimmy, and then closes out with Steve. So it's a little bit easier of a stretch, but I think that when it gets down to that part of the season, you just, this is such a critical time as well for Reese. I mean, really for any team in the league, because I think that you just want to win December. You lose December, I think it dictates the rest of your fantasy season. But I do think that it's important to for him especially to not get into those kind of interdivisional battles because once the season kind of winds down you're you're going to be looking at those other teams in the division and you're going to you know think to yourself you know can I really update my seating in the division or can I get a little bit higher I I guess it's it might actually benefit him a little bit because none of the other teams in the league are playing those teams in his division but I don't know it's it's still yet to be seen with his team I I think that he still needs to make maybe one more 
big move, especially with kind of, you could say the loss of three players uh, for Bradley Beal, even though it's not, even though it's not three players, you know, no longer having bridges, uh, the promise that was, uh, the promise it was Michael Porter Jr. and then also Bam. It's also a testament to how good Reese has been. But yeah, I think it's it's still a little too early to determine on his team. Moving on to the next ranking here, we have number five. We have Paul, who Chris, Kyle, you each had ranked sixth. I had fourth. Chris, what were your thoughts on Paul's team? Um, I think that the way that I'm looking at it is that it just seems like with Jokic coming back, like a lot of things are starting to click. Um, you know, Lamella Ball also was like, I think day to day, or he was out for a couple of days, so he's getting back and he's back. Lonzo, to form. you mean? Sorry, yeah, uh, Lonzo. I only said that because he's quite honestly playing like Lamelo. It's ridiculous how good Lonzo Ball has been this year for Paul. Um, I never really thought that it would have been that good, um, but yeah, he's a top five point guard, and that's pretty scary for me to think about. But yeah, you know, Jeremy Grant's just been playing ridiculously well. CJ McCollum, like you were talking about, Kyle with the Dame news is probably just going to be going off as well. And then you've got Harden and Jokic still, so it's like you know, I don't know why he's still hanging on to Kemba Walker. I don't know why he's hanging on to Keldon Johnson. I don't know why he's hanging on to um, Tim Hardaway Jr. But um, I don't think that Paul's ever going to hesitate to drop those guys if he needs to win a matchup. So he's probably just waiting until that day comes. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, any other thoughts about that? No, I think I kind of touched on them earlier when I was discussing his team. But I agree. I think that he's just in a solid position. He's got some guys that have recently come back that are just going to help his team. He had an impressive win last week. Um, and then just kind of seconding the same things, for example, um, some of the other guys like Keldon or uh, like maybe you just want to hold if your team's rolling him, Tim Hardaway Jr. But I think Kemba just, he's not even playing because he got dropped from the rotation. So I think that like if you can just drop him, like you're not even losing anything. He hasn't played the last three games, but will just help his team when he already had a seven win week last week. Yeah, I uh, I agree with all those points. I think that the the other news that's kind of been a little bit uh, more into his favor, especially with uh, Zion potentially having the setback. So I think any any concern you'd have with Valanciunas uh, going into this year, go well going into the next couple of months. I, I kind of would be assuaged by that because I, I just don't – I don't think that Zion is going to be really a factor at all in fantasy this year. I think he might come into play. Like, when he, when's he finally going to get full minutes? Maybe mid-February. And I just – I think that Valanciunas is just going to continue to be who he is. Knock on wood, barring injury. And like you said, Kyle, the addition of Jokic, or Jokic coming back, McCollum. It really looks like Paul's team is clicking on all cylinders. Plus, McCollum is shooting 690, uh, 69%, uh, 69.8% from free throw. I think that's going to go up, and I think Paul Seam is going to get a lot better once McCollum gets out of that little funk. Um, moving on here, we have our number four team. Uh, so, oh, by the way, Noel essentially went down a ranking last week uh, from six to seven. Reese went up a ranking last week uh, from seven to six. Paul uh, went down a ranking to fifth. And in fourth, we have Steve. Uh, Steve, who, Chris, you ranked third. I ranked sixth. Kyle ranked fourth. So, Chris, 
tell me, why do you have Steve so high? You're on mute, buddy. Sorry. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because mainly I view Steven a little bit differently now than I did. I'm realizing now that I think that he's like sort of a, a stream lord. Um, he just kind of knows what to do in order to win matchups week to week because it's like you look at his team and it's like, how is this team 30 and 18? I just don't understand it. Um, you know, DeJounte Murray has been nice. Obviously, I'm really happy to see that this year. Um, Sabonis is who he is, uh, so that's great. But, you know, and like Levine scores a million points a game. That's cool, too. But like, you know, aside from that, he's got nobody. (laughs) What is going on with his team? But week in and week out, he somehow finds a way to eke out categories. And that's exactly what you need to do in order to win fantasy basketball. Maybe not to win the whole thing or, you know, but I think that at least at this point, he is going to be in the playoffs and if he makes a couple of moves what's stopping him from necessarily winning the year if he knows exactly how to stream um you know john on your show the other day you were talking a lot about matchups and stuff like that and i'd have to go back and look at it but i have a feeling that steven's playing matchups like nba matchups very very smoothly and very suavely like he's he's adding these guys um that are going up against detroit or houston right at the last second guys that might be subbing in a little bit of time for an injured player um, that night. And like I said, it's just winning him week in and week out. And, you know, you could either say that it's a, it's a light division or you could just tip your cap. I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm just going to tip my cap. Kyle, what are your thoughts on there? I completely agree. I think that it's a really great show of being fantasy manager. I think the only reason why I've had him kind of in that fourth spot and consistently outside those top three teams, which I view as in their own tier are because of like you guys or like Chris, I guess mentioned is that who on their team kind of like looking at his team pops out. Um, And I think it's a lot of solid like tier two players and great managing as opposed to having both of those. And I think the other thing that kind of prevents me from, putting his team in that top three uh, is he tends to have these victories over people that are impressive wins, especially from streaming and other things. And then he'll kind of have a slip up against a team who I thought that he should have killed. Um, And for example, last week, like I know I've been talking and thinking that John, your team was going to come rising up the standings. So I don't think it was too much of a complete surprise um, that he lost to your team. But I also think that if you're in that top three teams, you should not really be losing to anybody outside the starting five. Um, I think that at worst, like you're going to have to pull out a tie. And I think that that honestly is my main reason. Like I know he had a big win over Ian going looking back. He's had a couple other wins where he snagged seven. Uh, But then he has... For example, a loss to your team, then he has a loss to Noel, which was a pretty pretty big loss. And I think that it's kind of weird in that he's beating teams that are closer to him worse than he is teams further away. Yeah, he's kind of got that, like, uh, like I call it like a little bit of a Patriots curse because I know that the Patriots, when they were, like, really good sometimes, they'd, they'd lose to, like, the Bengals or they'd lose to the Browns. And then it's like, what, what was that all about? And they're like, that's my Bill Belichick impression. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think... I think the thing with Steve's team, having played him last week and, you know, by God's grace has gotten a victory. I, I had him sixth only because I don't know. I just don't know how much with, with these teams that are now, 
kind of in our division uh, or at the tops of other divisions. I don't know necessarily that this is going to continue to be sustainable. And I mean, look, he's made some fantastic ads and he's really, really a tough matchup week in and week out. I, I don't think that there is the, the thing that you can take away from Steve's team is he is not going to cough up like a, I don't know, like he, he I don't think he's going to lose a matchup by five categories ever. And so I think if you were ever trying to catch Steve, like in the, in the standings for that matter, I don't think that it's going to really happen. I, I think that he's just going to continuously, if he's going to lose, he's going to lose by maybe three categories at the most. And yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think I, I had him six just because I, I don't like his outlook a little bit more, but by just basic math and the way that he's running his team, though he might not be in the running, be as much of a stallion as those top three, or in my case, the top five teams. Uh, I still think that, or sorry, I had him, I didn't have him six. I had him fifth. Uh, I switched him and Noel. As much as those uh, top four teams, I think that he still is a uh, very difficult out to get. So let's go to the same three teams that we've been talking about. Nothing has changed. I'm actually just going to run through them through them all just for the sake. Uh, so we had uh, coming in at number three, we had Chris, who, again, ranked himself lower. Uh, Kyle and I ranked him a little bit uh, lower, I think, as well. Uh, but Chris ranked himself a little bit higher than the week before. So Chris had himself fourth. Kyle and I had him third. Pete in second. Uh, Chris and Kyle both had him at number two. Kyle, uh, number one again. And Kyle and Chris had him number one. And I had Kyle number two. So let's just go through here. Um, what? Actually, let's let's take a different approach here. Kyle, what is your methodology for these top three teams? And uh, how would you say you view them in compar- comparatively to each other? So I think that these three teams are kind of in a unique position where they're some of the only ones in the league where they all have star players capable of going off and, say, winning them a week. Um, but they also have depth in combination with that. I think that there's not really one spot you can look at on the team and point to as the reason that they're losing um, because none of them really are week to week. And it's just going to be a matter of staying healthy. For example, John Morant going down. Uh, and then I had Cole Anthony out. And as soon as he comes back, Jimmy Butler's out. So I think that maybe that three for two trade was more three for three in the third spot, just being like an injury. Um, and then Damian Lillard going out. And I think that just kind of how these teams are going to, ride and who gets their team healthy the fastest is really going to determine that one, two, three final seating. I know that that's not necessarily how the playoffs are going um, because we're all in the same division, but yeah, I think that the only reason why I had my team now, I had them out of that first spot is I had Chris above it and Pete beat him. So I bumped him the third Pete up. My team is, I believe the only one left in the league that's undefeated. So I think that I'm just kind of, have to ride with them at number one injuries or not until they get beat. Um, I believe, I know, I think I tied Chris, but then I beat Pete. So I had a hard time putting him above me, even if I really like his team. And yeah, I mean, it might only last this episode because I know I'm getting my ass handed to me by Justin and quite literally my ass, because I think I've had three players out with tailbone injuries this week. Um, but that's kind of how fantasy goes. 
Yeah, baby. Um, I don't know. I guess, John, you asked him, you know, like, what is your thought process and, you know, choosing these final three teams or whatever. And I think that it just, it has to do with, like, I think of them versus the other teams in the league, like every other team. And I try to imagine how many teams would like have an easy time going through them or how many teams would be like a tough matchup or how many teams would they like blow out. And I think that just with Pete's team, my team and Kyle, I think that, you know, we would probably lose to the least amount of teams looking at it. You know, we would probably beat a fair amount of teams looking at it, you know, just looking at them side by side, um, sort of an eye test in like a given week and like, just kind of like looking at like where how many stats you accrue so far at this point like on a weekly basis so that's just my general kind of process i mean i think with like with me it's hard because i'm not afraid like to like you know like my starting five this week i'm not afraid to put five completely different people on it next week just because of the way that the tides shift but it's like you know that might be a little bit exaggerated but still it's i think that with fantasy things change so fast you know, what happens to Paul's team if Jokic and um, Harden both got hurt tomorrow? What happens to my team if LeBron, you know, actually his COVID test now like changes again and it's negative again and he like doesn't come back for a while? And what happens to, you know, everybody's team if, if they lose whatever or if or if some other team makes a trade and just like totally surpasses them? There's so much that can happen. So I'm just like, I'm not married to these three teams being in the top three, but I do think that looking at it, you know, you kind of have to, you know, make your, make your claim. And, and those are the three that I would put at the top. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I agree with all of what you guys said. I, I think the one thing for me that is kind of the main reason why I put Pete higher is I was trying to look to the future and looking at those uh, matchups. And I think Pete has a little bit of an easier road than say Kyle or you do uh, just because of how, just because of our division and Pete has kind of those interdivision games. I do also think that it's really interesting. And I think I've mentioned it before on this pod that the top three teams, in my opinion, all have very different strategies. Like I think Kyle's strategy is entirely, you know, lock down those percentages, get some defensive stats to hell with points, to hell with rebounds to a degree or to hell with points and to hell with assists. Uh, But get those threes, get the free throws, get the adjusted field goal percentage. If you can manage to get steals as well, then you're looking at just trying to be competitive and rebounds and trying to win that out. Whereas Chris, you kind of are take you take more of like a Steve strategy, but I think you have a stronger base than Steve does. And you've also been in the league longer than Steve has. And that's why I think that you have a firm idea as to like how you're gonna play matchups week to week, how you're gonna win them. Pete's team is more so like look at them. They're the monsters pretty much like they were last year, where it's like you got a lot of big names on that team. A lot of players who you can rely on year in and year out. Like Pete's never going to take the chance on the guy who had a great second year and now all of a sudden is going to blossom into a stud. Pete's going to go after the guy who's been great for three, four years or five years or however many and rely more on uh, name value and faith on how consistent they've been throughout their careers. And I think it's just interesting to see how those three strategies kind of pan out. Now, 
which one is probably the safest, it'd probably be Kyle's. Uh, if you can lock up those categories, and that's why, that's why it's been beneficial so far. Which one could be the biggest pain in the neck? Uh, probably Chris's because you're dealing with you're dealing with if if Chris hits on all those, you know, Chris a gambling man, baby. Chris Chris hits on all those uh, Chris hits on all those streams. <laughs> Then uh, you're you gonna be you gonna be having a Viking funeral up uh, you know down river, and and then of course you got Pete's team who just on paper you know you can talk mind games and everything if you're looking on paper and you see that all these guys have all these games coming up and you might get your crap handed to you like Chris did last week so I think that there's a lot to be said about those top three teams but I also think that it's kind of I think it's kind of interesting to see how they continue to pan out. Um, and of course you got the injury aspect as well. How is, how's Chris team going to do Chris's team going to do now that uh, John Morant is gone for a little bit. How is, uh, how's Pete's team going to do now that Dame Lillard's gone for a little bit and how are, you know, is, you know, with Jimmy Butler being gone for Kyle and, kind of a little bit of rescinding uh or a little bit of a lesser quality of play of miles turner over the last couple of weeks uh comparatively to the beginning of the year but also getting jonathan isaac back how is that gonna come into play so i think that it's still these three teams are kind of like you know they're they're the juggling balls they're all three of them are one of them's up in the air and then the other two are just constantly cycling out so yeah, it should be interesting to see how everything uh, seems to work itself out over the next couple of weeks, and especially this week. Uh, like I said, I, I continue to think December is just the most important time because you're not you're not as reliant on when teams competing in your division and how they do, uh, like you are at the beginning of the season or at, to start a lead, and then towards the end of the season when you're hoping that x team loses but they're playing another team that you can't have lose so that's just kind of my final thoughts here uh chris kyle anything else not really i i think the only thing too that i thought was kind of interesting when you're talking about the differences between our teams looking at them now it's, it's just there's not one way to win in fantasy basketball um not like you said that there's different ways to strategize building your team then also looking at them Chris's team, he's got two guys that he had from the draft. I think I have seven, and I think that Pete has the majority of them. So I think that whether you're making trades, picking up free agency, or just hitting on your draft picks, like don't be afraid to do something different because it's pretty clear that you can win whatever you need to do. Yeah, I'd second that for sure. Um, I guess the other thing is, like, for me, I don't think that it's – like I, I feel like I say this week in and week out actually, so it's nothing new. But like it's still not over yet. I think like there's still so much time left. Um, you know, like all it would take for my team is a bad month, really, to be just completely knocked out of playoff contention. So if that's the case for my team, I know that the opposite is the case for some other teams where they're just one trade away or like one free agent acquisition or maybe a couple free agent acquisitions away from just being a completely different team so i don't think that it's it's um too late in the game for really almost anybody um you know there might be some teams that might want to look towards next year in the future just to be safe but you know i think that a lot of 
teams can really turn it around. So go out there, do something, get a little crazy. Why not? Yeah. And, and actually in, to both of your points, it is, it's not too late, but uh, like I like to say, sometimes like, you know, the sun's getting real low, big guy. Um, the, uh, this is the halfway point of the season right now, week seven, technically speaking, it was yesterday, I think, as far as some matchup, uh, as far as matchup timing goes. But yeah, if you're, if you're looking up, I'd say at the end of this week, it's, it's maybe time to make a move, uh, maybe time to think about something very differently because to Chris's point, it's, it's not too late, but also, you know, you gotta, you gotta know when, when guys are like, this is, these are who we see right now. That's who these guys are. I, I don't think that like, you can't expect that Clay Thompson is going to come back and save your team or that. Um, I don't know. Ben Simmons is just going to show up, start dropping 20 points tomorrow for Philly or, you know, Kyrie will ever play again. You just kind of have to, you just got to make a move. And I think that that's the important thing right now is move one way or another, commit one way or another and try something new. If you're, if you're not doing well, which is kind of what I'm looking at. No, definitely true. I think that, um, if you haven't, like, if you haven't really been successful so far, you know, there's still time to turn it around, but you have to do something to actually turn it around. You can't just like hope, yeah. hope it's going to turn around. I think that that time is yeah, just hope, gone. Hope will turn it around. <laughs> yeah, no, that time's gone. That time has passed. Yeah, yeah. Santa, Santa will show up on December 25th and your team will be great. Um, but yeah, whether that's looking at the matchups, uh, clearly just play anybody against the Oklahoma City Thunder because apparently it's worth it. Uh, I don't know. Kyle, what's the name of the dude, the forward over there for... Uh, who I think Memphis traded up to get, who I think had a double double last night and played 28 minutes. I I wanted he was the high. I think he finished with the highest, the third highest plus minus rating ever in a game. He was plus 52, and I would assume that he's going to get a little bit more burn. But it kind of goes to show you that if you're just looking at box scores, that it's not going to tell the the full tale of the tape. I can't remember the guy's name though. Um, plus 52 that tells a pretty clear story i think like yeah, exactly. that, just, that he, he, clearly he, tells when you're on the floor your team was amazing <laughs> yeah and, and the thing is, is he he hasn't played like more than 20 minutes he's a rookie this whole this whole season so it was uh oh it was santi aldama santi aldama finished with 28 minutes 10 rebounds three assists 18 points uh and plus 52 which uh, I get, you know, that's kind of cool. Great night. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Santi, that's gonna do it. Santi for us. Claus is coming to town. Yeah, Santi Claus is coming to town. That's uh, that's gonna be Ian's new team name once he picks him up after just looking at last night. Anywho, that is gonna do it for us. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, hope everyone has a great week and stay competitive, stay active. Uh, make a trade. We didn't have any trades this week. Uh, make a trade, <laughs> and uh, we will uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for hanging out with us.